All right, welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. And we're joined by Shit Show Alex. Welcome, Shit Show Dude. Thank you. Aren't you excited to see all the dudes that are in the group now? I know there's there are so many new faces. Um I feel like there was a few times when I would come to the meeting, I would be the only guy. I know. I used to whenever that happened, I would like I would like text Scott and I'd be like dude dude i need a dude save can you please come yeah. there's one dude <laughs> yeah um okay what song do you want played when you walk into a room okay for my song i'm gonna go with Stevie wonder superstition because that intro is just the coolest group ever okay favorite carb carb um tortillas and tor- or like tortilla chips okay are you doing like a corn tortilla or are you doing a flour tortilla flour flour i'll do corn sometimes tacos sometimes a flour tortilla is good but i mean a corn is good but flour is like the go-to okay that's the first tortilla we've got um cheese sharp cheddar I knew you were going to say cheddar. I just feel like tortillas and cheddar go together. And condiment, are you going to say hot sauce or salsa? I'm going to say salt. Salt. Okay, second salt. I think we've had a salt before. Yeah, strong salt on everything. Strong salt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, How did you realize that you were an adult child? Um, So I went to treatment in LA and I would get weekend passes. And so my cousin lives in LA. She's mm-hmm. been in Al-Anon for a long time because her dad was an addict. And so we were talking, we were, we were really close and we were talking about treatment and she was talking about Al-Anon. And at this point, I didn't know that I was even an alcoholic. It was like, I was just trying to figure it out. And she just offhandedly was like, well, you know, everyone in our family, we're all adult childs. And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I don't know what that means. And um, she was like, well, you know, it wasn't necessarily our grandparents, but their parents on both sides were all really bad alcoholics. And then my dad's dad was a really bad alcoholic. And she started explaining, like, you know, while maybe our grandparents and parents weren't directly, they, by them being raised in an alcoholic home, that's all that they knew. Um, and honestly, that was the first time I'd even heard that language. Right. And so, and really that conversation kind of planted the seed for me to even be open to my own alcoholism. Um, just as something to consider. Mm. um did you not know it was in your genetics at that point i did but it was like it just wasn't a thing it was like because the the way that i yeah i was really aware of it but like i just had a very um strict view of what an alcoholic was and i didn't fit that yeah like somebody who drinks out of a plastic bag under a bridge yeah and you know wake up with vodka in their coffee or whatever extreme stereotype when you use and honestly, at the time, like when I went to treatment, so like if I was telling the story today now, I would say 
I went to treatment for alcoholism and adult child issues. Mm-hmm. I, when I went to treatment, I was like, I'm just going because I'm got issues. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, I wasn't even, I, when I went to treatment, it's funny, when I went to treatment, I wasn't even saying there's alcohol. It was just like, I've got, my life is falling apart. And I would say, it would put me in recovery group, and I would be like, this is not the reason why I'm here. <laughs> it's like, wanted to let everybody know, like, yeah, not this isn't it. It's just dealing with anxiety. And then like, when did it sink in? Man, so in these recovery groups, um, it would be, it was like group therapy, even then like you'd have a the therapist that was leading it would be mm-hmm. in recovery. And it was just like, we would read like, and one of them was great. We would read the, you know, like the thoughts for the day or like some A literature and just began just hearing these ideas and terms. And it was like, I, I was in a place where I wasn't fighting anything psychologically i was just like okay i'm here listening to it and then i started doing like it would have some of them they would have like worksheets about like frequency of drinking or like problematic drinking like really basic things but it was done in a way that i'd never done it of like really breaking down like when i drank like you know situational things that were really emotional things mm-hmm. and it especially one time for it was like i realized that i had uh, had some sort of like a blackout episode pretty much annually since I was 15. You know, some sort of experience where I just could not stop drinking. would be so sick. It was awful, you know. But then I put it together and I was like, that's a lot. Like, it's like, it, but in the, while it was happening, it would be like, oops, you know, did that again. And, but I was away from it when I was in treatment, I was away from it, I was able to be like, I don't think that's normal, you know, and hear people back be like, that's not normal. Like a lot of people don't do that. And so was that, but then my um, program director, who was just incredible, she, after I've been there 30 days and agreed to stay another 30, she was like, okay, as the next part of your treatment, I want you to go to AA meetings. And I was like, what? Like, why? You know, like, I just really was like, what are you talking about? And it was, she said AA and, and or SAA, because that was um, part of what I was dealing with too. And um, I was like, I do therapy from eight to five or nine to five. You know, like, what are you talking about? She was like, no, I want you to just dig into this. And like, I really think it could be for you. And so I did. And um, somebody went to this meeting and somebody was like, if you know, just get a copy of the big book and read the big book. And I did, I like downloaded it on my phone. They told me about this app and I downloaded it on my phone. And I didn't even know there was such a thing as the big book. I mean, I had knew nothing, mm-hmm. but it was um, this really clear moment. I was reading it and I was like, oh my God, like this is, I'm reading about myself, you know? And it was like this, I remember I, I was alone in this house in treatment and I was just like walking around going, I'm an alcoholic. Holy shit. <laughs> like, it was like, it wasn't even like, it wasn't sad or like, it was just this, like this realization. And I was like, damn, okay. Um, was there any relief in realizing it? Totally. I think it was like, this makes so much sense. Like everything 
as a, as a, I hadn't put, I haven't thought about it in a, a relief, but for sure, it was like, damn, this makes all the sense in the world now. To where, especially, it's like, I don't know, like I could kind of bundle everything up together and say, you know, this is the the root of my problems. And I was all excited and told my wife, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I <got it. laughs> I know. And my program director, I told her, and she was like, I knew you were an alcoholic when you walked in the door the first time, but I couldn't tell. I didn't tell you. Um, but yeah, she was like, it was pretty obvious. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, the most life changing thing, right? Being in recovery and really, you know, AA is a part of that, but now I really identify with the adult child stuff too. And so it wasn't until later, um, after I've been home from treatment, I don't know how, like somehow I got like stumbled onto the adult child ACA, ACOA website and read the laundry list. I like, I really don't even know what. And I was like, Fuck, oh my gosh. Like it was another one of those experiences of like, I've got, I think I might have all of them. Makes so much sense. Um, and especially, and I don't, this, there's like a, a detail that's fuzzy because I don't know where I got from point A to point B, but because I don't know if somebody told me or if I've read it, but like that it was um, adult children of alcoholic and dysfunctional families. And that when it went like the last part, I was like, oh, yes, like, you know, it's kind of trying to fill in the holes of like, it's not really an alcoholic family. Like, I don't know how that, but then the dysfunctional part was like, and so then I heard your podcast on, you were on another recovery podcast. Probably the recovery show. I'm thinking like the, what I, it's like, yell, like the, the logo is like yellow. I don't oh, know. Um, like, mental illness happy hour. Something like this. Yeah, probably that. And I feel like it was during COVID and I was just like looking for like podcasts and stuff tonight. Um, just sort of followed the trail, listened to that, then listened to yours. And then not long after it, I joined the Patreon, which is I've never, ever done. <laughs> um, I'm always really happy to take free content and, mm-hmm. you know, not take the next step. But then, yeah. Um, because too, I started, I kept trying to find ACA meetings and I just could never find it, especially it was all Zoom because there's not, that's not in Abilene, uh-huh. Texas. Um, couldn't find them. And then the, I found some and in the rooms, but it was like kind of weird. Like I just never, it was just never uh-huh. the right vibe at all. And then coming to your meetings was just great. It's awesome. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, so let's talk about your dysfunctional, non-alcoholic childhood. Uh, okay. I think that that's so big. Like, there's so many people who don't fucking, like, that's a message I'm really trying to get out is so many people don't realize that it's also for dysfunctional families. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a wide net, right? That yeah. It's everybody. Everybody. Essentially. There's so many people that I'm like, Oh, like you can kind of start seeing it now and people, you know, like, Oh yeah. Uh, and my friends a, will be like, you think everything's adult child stuff. Like I'm like, cause it is. <laughs> it pretty much is like, it, um, yeah. I mean, okay. So, uh, um, and you know, this is, it, the stuff we're about to start talking about, like it's this is really the I guess what put me in treatment was I mean it was alcoholism, but it was like living I heard you read the definition of adult child um your show the other day and it was like reacting like a child in adult situations. Yeah, self doubt, self blame or a sense of being wrong or inferior. Yeah. And then there's there's a, there's there's fear is one of those. Um so I'm in my thirties, married and have two kids. And like, I would get so, especially my, my wife would trigger me so bad of just any kind of hurt, like her, any expression of emotion that was not happiness would just terrify me. And mm-hmm. I would get so anxious. I just could not function like a 30 year old adult right and it um oh so that because it was we were married for i don't know 10 years by the time so it was just like a lot there was a lot um but yeah so growing up kind of you know grew up like dad had a great job my mom stay at home like from all appearances it was like a great family mm-hmm. um my mom uh was really angry growing up and I have an older sister, two years older than me, and they fought all the time. I just, my memories as a kid is like this really intense, lot of yelling, especially as she got older, it was just uh, worse. And so, in, in, you know, my dad was definitely part of that too. Um, he had his own anger and would kind of join in with my mom and dad and, um, but yeah, I mean, just as a kid, it was scary. Like, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that in treatment was like, uh, really helped me be in a space to be like, this was an abusive environment. Like it was, and just being able to say like, it was, it was traumatic. Like it was so hard to make those loops, you know, um, cause it was, you know, kind of classically like what someone would say that's in an abusive or traumatic situation. It's like, well, it wasn't that bad. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was really, I think I had this big defense of like, we well, yeah, my sister and my mom fought, but like that was so normalized. Um, but it really, really affected me. Um, and there was just this fear of other people, peer people in authority, especially like um, an angry woman could like terrify me. You know, and, um, you know, a big part of my story too, though, is like, I, um, it's hard to talk about. Um, so like all growing up, I was like the peacemaker, like really tried to protect my sister and kind of get in the middle of it. And, was it just the two of you? No, uh, I have a younger brother, but he was four years younger than me. And it's, that's another episode for him because it was like my parents wouldn't, if they would be fighting, they would always be like, don't let Rob here. Be quiet. He's home. And um, so they were like trying to kind of shield him from that. And 
but he knew, of course. So it was just this, it was like a totally different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was definitely in the middle trying to make things stop. Um, it never stopped. But then, so I never really expressed anger at all on my own. Like I was, I just didn't, I think I saw my sister go down that road and it ended poorly for her. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so I never really developed that sense of, Self, I guess that was like I'm not taking this shit anymore, you know. And um, you know, I, I I I really like identified as like just this easygoing, get along with everybody. And then I got engaged, and when I got married, like all of that came out, and I literally thought I was losing my mind. Like I was the, I was just this rageful, angry, abusive person that I grew up seeing, mm. I acted all that out and it was awful. Um, and honestly, that's, that was a big reason why I went to treatment. And, um, you know, alcohol was a big part of that, not the part, but it was definitely kind of poured gasoline on the fire. Um, and so, gosh, it was just, that's that's been hard is like you know realizing like man because forever i just thought i was great i was like this is fucking i don't know what's wrong so i've never done this before like i don't know what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. and it took a really long time before i finally got into treatment of people and it became clear because i was with the right Mm -hmm. therapist and people that were like this is your trauma expressing itself Yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean, we were, you know, we were talking earlier about like growing up religious kind of in that I was really involved with in a church, evangelical church, and uh, was seeking help for you know pretty intense mental health issues, mm-hmm. alcoholism, adult child trauma, and they didn't have a damn clue what was going on or what mm-hmm. to do. I thought they did and were kind of helpful and just wasn't, you know, on your last episode, somebody had said there was a bit about mental health and they act as counselors. Yeah. 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 And that to me, it was just like, I was, I was really stuck for a while because I was like, I need help, you know? And it was like, well, let's pray about this and whole, you know, it was just, or I needed to, and my, my wife, like she was the one, she finally was like, you've got to get help or like, we're not going to be married. And it's like, okay, like I want to, I know I want to do better whatever. And she was like, I mean, like go somewhere. <laughs> you need to check yourself and stay a while. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? You know, like, and I remember like talking to the people I was uh, at church with, like asking, like they had resources and they're like, the stuff they came up with was like, this like three day retreat or something. <laughs> yeah. I can remember talking to my wife and she was like, fuck off with the retreat. Like, no. <laughs> um, Bible camp. <laughs> yeah. Like this not going to do it. Um, so yeah, I mean it, that that's like a small, you can ask me questions, whatever, but that's like the very um, condensed version of it. But it, I was reading this book last night and it talked about, um, it was talking it was about the post-ups and step nine to making amends and it 
you use this phrase nonviolent communication mm-hmm. as a way to that's kind of like the posture of an event and it, i was like i've never heard that phrase before but it really struck me as like the opposite of the way that i Mm. grew up or what was mm-hmm. modeled it was just like this really intense and really angry and yeah yeah i'm gonna have actually somebody on the podcast to talk about that nonviolent communication oh really mm-hmm. i don't really know much about it either so yeah i've never even heard the phrase what were you reading so. what was it um it's this book by this guy named richard Rohr, who he's like a franciscan priest but his book is called Learning How to Swim Underwater. And it's like the 12 steps in Jesus. So have you had any sort of, uh, well, I guess what, so what does the relationship now look like with your parents? And what about with your sister? Has yeah, she explored ACA stuff? She, not really. She's She's been in therapy and is on her own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really close. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and talk all the time. And it's a really good, healthy relationship. Um, but she has not, I'll like send her stuff and she's like, oh, that's great. But it hasn't it's necessarily okay. like fully yeah. grabbed Raptor. onto it. Yeah. Um, our relationship with my parents has improved uh, a ton. And especially like as me and my wife, as we relate to my parents, like just individually. And as a family, it's mm-hmm. it's way better. It used to just be so much uh, drama and anxiety and just, it was just so bad. And the one thing that's made it better, I think, is there's, there for a while, there was some pretty strong boundaries and distance. Mm-hmm. We didn't really do a lot with them. We didn't really talk much. Um, but then, you know, they came to like a family weekend when I was in treatment and were um really plugged in and supportive of that that was really really hard like the conversation when i because they didn't really know why i was there they were like what is going on like where are you here <laughs> and in one of the sessions i was like i just told them like you know the effects of growing up in our home like really impacted deeply me. impacted me and my beard that was hard and they how was that received it, they heard it but they were like, wow, we had no idea. But then they were like, it was, it was terrible. It was awful. Like they didn't deny that part of it, mm-hmm. but they were like oblivious is the word that comes up of just like, hmm. didn't know it really affected you. You know, like, um, so it was, it, it, it was, which I'm sure is true. <laughs> it was true. I mean, it was just sort of, they were kind of shocked. I think honestly, um, it was hard. You know, a big thing for me, one, it was kind of like getting that out. And then after that, my biggest journey has just been acceptance and just being like, all right, this is what it is. I I just know who I'm dealing with. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not surprised by their reactions or I know like somebody's going to get really pissed off and make something about me that's not about me. And it's still, it sucks. It's not good. It's hurtful, but it's like, it is very much more of an adult, an adult response that I'm able to have. And um, I'm, I'm able to push back in healthy ways. 
for example, like my entire family went skiing together this over Christmas and stayed in the same house and, um, you know, holidays and family and stuff, but we, that I, I was able to navigate it like no problems, no drama, no nothing. Mm. And so that felt really good. That was like a, man, this is major progress. It seems like they've calmed down quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like they, they're, who they are now is um, it's not, you will get glimpses and flashes of it for sure. Yeah. Of what it was like when you were a kid. But not nearly like it was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some of the same patterns are there of like, and I've just, I've like learned, okay, like my mom is going to be the most offensive person in the world. She's not going to really own anything ever. Like, I don't know if she knows how. And she will put some sort of weird spiritual language on it and like spiritual bypass and make it sound really good, but it won't address anything. Like, I'm just sort of like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So I don't, I have this different, I think it's one that's like my expectations are way different and I'm not waiting for them to be different or hoping that like, if I, cause it used to be, I don't know if you can relate to this or not, be like, if I could just say it this way. Of course. Of course. If I could just say it the right way, then they'll get it. And um, like, I can remember my, this was a long time ago, but like my wife and I separated at one point um, before I went to treatment just to like, have some space and I uh and this is after I had like really come clean to my parents which looking back I should not have done I was Mm -hmm. one of those it was a church led Mm. hey you should tell your parents everything Mm. (laughs) so bad but so in that conversation I told them like I've been abusive like verbally emotionally and even sometimes physically like and went into detail I never should have done. But anyway, I did. And like, we're going to get separated because we need space. And I remember after that, my mom was like, you know, I know people that have stayed together for a lot worse. And I was like, what? No. You know, at the time, I was like, what the fuck? And it still is. Now it's just on streams. And just like, like, um, so yeah, I don't know. I just am not, I, I'm, I'm not done at all. Like, but I've made a lot of progress. And so at least I, I know what I can bring to them. I know what not to bring to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't share deep personal intimate stuff. Right. Like it's just not a good idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, I don't know. I'm just, it sounds, it's almost, it sounds kind of hardened a little bit, but it's not, it's been really healthy to just be like, I love these people. I want a relationship with them, but like, it's not going to be the fantasy that I've wanted it to exactly. be that, you know, um, yeah. Do you feel like you've been able to, and obviously there's always like more feelings to come up, but do you feel like you've been able to release some of those, especially cause you're talking about how, you know, like you never showed anger, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm do you feel like you've ha- been able to kind of release some of those pent up, you know, feelings towards, I mean, obviously you don't lash out at them, but like, have you been able to express, cause I hear forgiveness on your part and you know what it talks about in a lot of the literature is like 
we can't just go from like, cause what I hear you say is like, there's an acceptance that they are who they are. And that's absolutely true. But we also have to like, feel the feelings. And do you feel like yeah. you to do so? I think so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been, um, yeah, a lot of anger and really one of the healthy things, which it, it's not like, it's just, it's an interesting <laughs> thing. Like it's not that healthy. It's like looking at this, Let's hear it. <laughs> but I'm saying there's been times when I've been like screaming at my parents as an adult, defending myself or defending my wife or something. And like, you're not going to talk to me like that. You're not going to do that. And somebody could from the outside looking in can look and be like, that's, that's not healthy at all. But it was like the most healthy thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Like I remember this is sort of one time I was, it was a work setting. It was so fucked up. It was, um, and then I was, my, my dad and I were in the car driving somewhere for work and one of our employees was in the back seat, and his car has this like really annoying bell if you don't put your seatbelt on. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't have my seatbelt on when we started and thing. I was like, hey, put your seatbelt on. And I put my seatbelt on. And then we drove for like an hour and stopped and got gas. And um, then we drove for a minute or two and the seatbelt thing was going off. And <laughs> he turned and he was like, put on your goddamn seatbelt. Like just kind of real out of nowhere. And I just fucking lost my mind and was like, I don't know. I can't remember what I said, but it's basically like, you're not going to talk to me like this ever again. And he was like, well, if you weren't acting like a kid, I wouldn't have to. Like, it was just like kept going. And I, I was like, you will never, you will not. This is so inappropriate in front of Denise, but I'm glad Denise is our boy. I'm glad she's here. I'm glad she's seeing this because you're never going to fucking talk to me like this again do you understand it and he was like like just stunned um and so there's been moments like that that have been healing for me and now i'm trying now i feel like i'm in there's several of those stories i can think of where it's like it where i as the that child response would be like Mm -hmm. oh i'm so sorry you know like just cowering or you know, I, I remember when that happened, I think my my response as a child would just be like fear and like I would shut down and never push back to be like, what the fuck? Like, don't talk. Like, don't put my seatbelt on and chill. You know, like, this is not that big of a deal. And so those responses never came. And so a big part of my journey has been letting some of those out, like, you know, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and now... Real and it's you know, AA is a big part of it in the steps, but really learning like, okay, I don't have to do that now. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there really there's another way. I don't really that's not necessarily the person that I want to be. You know what I mean? And I, I'm 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 like at the beginning stages of not being so triggered that it just comes mm-hmm. so strong. Like, feels like there's some choice. There's a pause. Yeah, there's like a little bit For of sure. Pause. Like I can, like I can be an adult, you know what I mean? And I can disagree and be like, mm-hmm. no, you know, it's just, it's such a different experience. I think part of it too is like, it's building our sense of self, right? 100%, like 100%. A very, like, I think I grew up being very defined mm-hmm. by kind of whatever they would say was happening, you know, and. I have so I have two girls, two kids, and they're 
amazing. And my six-year-old daughter is like, she says stuff to me and I'm like, I would have died if I said this to you as a child. Like if I said this to my parents, like she has <laughs> zero. Zero fucks given. <laughs> zero fucks given. I mean, she just lets it rip. <laughs> and I kind of, I, in the moment, I kind of hate it. And I'm like, what? like, I don't know if this is good, but like, when I think through the adult child lens, I'm like, I'm so glad that you feel safe enough to be able to just, mm-hmm. you know, push I'm back not. on everything I say. <laughs> like, <laughs> as much as I really wish you would just like go along, like it's, I, I just see the opposite. I'm like, man, that never happened for me as a kid. How has adult child recovery impacted being a dad? Oh my God. It's having kids is really hard. Parenting is really hard in general. Um, but having, you know, having um, these adult child issues, like, I think the biggest thing is like, you will recreate what you grew up in, guaranteed, if you don't get mm-hmm. recovery treatment or help. And I was well on that road. And my wife was really the like, sane one that it was just, I think my older daughter is, she's amazing. It is so great because my wife was really able to like protect her and steer for me and just be like, you, you, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. That. And then there's so many things like even being in recovery and so it doesn't happen as much now, but like I would get really triggered by my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, them being really angry at me, their emotions, be their fits would give me a lot of anxiety you know and i a lot of times would pair it out of the model i was given that was like like kind of the iron fist of like trying to control the emotion and like shut it down and um i'm through recovery i'm able to not get super anxious like just kind of be in the moment and be like okay there's a six-year-old screaming at me like i'm okay one of like but, but really, it's like, it's not so crazy, but it's like, I'm okay. And mm-hmm. I'm even having to say, I'm okay, but like, I can be okay. And then like, the point of being a parent is I can take care of her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I can just give her space or give, do whatever. But it, it, I think the, before recovery, it was just always about me. It was like how this is making me feel. And it was always a very unmanageable experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I mean, a lot of times I still don't feel like I have like a roadmap for parenting. Who the fuck does? Yeah. I don't know who does, honestly. So I'm glad you said that. But see, yeah. (laughs) But I grew up in a very, in the religious sense of like, here's how you do it. Here's the right way to do it. And here's that, that, that if you do this, Mm -hmm. this is, in now going away from that, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, am I, the thing that I keep coming back to is just having connection with them and knowing them and letting them be who they are, even when it, like, my dog, I wish I could, I'm, I have so many stories that I'm blanking on right now where, um, God, what I wish I could say some of these right now because they're hilarious. But my six year old is just like, like you said, zero fucks given. And she'll say stuff and I'm like, I don't even know how to come back. Because <laughs> that's a good like your line is actually pretty good and I don't yeah. really know. Well, if she says one in the next two days, tell me. 
Next time she says one, text it to me. My daughter Rose was real mad at me and talking back and I said, Rose, you're gonna talk to me like that. And she looked at me and goes, I'm gonna talk to you like this for the rest of my life. Another thing my daughter started doing when she gets really mad and she hisses at me like she's a cat. She has and it's scary. And my wife just laughs because we don't know what else to do. So what are three things that you like about yourself? Wow. Um, just three. Just yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much time you got? <laughs> um, so I play guitar. I like that I know how to do that. Um, I like, I love my kids. Mm -hmm. I really like them and love them. Um, and I have an amazing wife. And she is just... I can't I can't say enough good about her and somehow I tricked her <laughs> to marry me and it was the best decision I ever made really like I feel like she saved my life and so I like about myself that she <laughs> that she likes you sometimes is, likes me yeah part yeah. of the time <laughs> yeah okay what's a hope or dream you have for your future so me and my wife are going to Sicily together this summer. And that has been a goal that we've always had for a long time. And we're going. Nice. Um, just the two of you? Just the two of us. When? Um, in June. Nice. Yeah. Just Sicily say or you're just going to go other places in Europe, in Italy? Just going to, just going to Sicily because she, um, she's adopted and her birth family is from there. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's like, a, we're not, we're not, there's not really anybody we're going to meet, but we're going to go. So. Are they still like, yeah. does she know who they are? So she, yeah, her great grandmother came over from Sicily and we have met like cousins. They live in okay. upstate New York. And so we met like the extended family. Um, and that was really cool. Has she ever met her birth parents? Yeah, so this is a wild story. Yeah, what's she, the story? Not her, not her birth dad, but her birth mom and her reconnected um, almost 10 years ago. And they are like super close. Like last weekend, my wife Lauren was went and spent the weekend with her birth mom. It's amazing. It's, it's, what were the and I don't I I don't won't include this if you don't want me to but what were the circumstances yeah. of her getting adopted? Yes, yeah, she was. Um, her birth mom was like seventeen and didn't have much family support at all, and just knew that she couldn't give the kind of life that she would want to. Um, but I mean, meeting so we met when we met her, it was amazing. Like she she talked about the story about like it was the most difficult thing I've ever done like having this baby mm. my arms and I mean just it was just this it was surreal it still is did she have um, other kids she has five other kids and so your wife's been reunited with her half siblings yeah actually last weekend she met the last one that was like the the one that she had not gotten a chance to meet yet and they're all awesome. Where do they all live? Uh, On the East Coast? No, they all live in Houston. Okay. Um, the Houston area. And so this summer, we met um, 
So we met one a couple years ago, and then we met like three of them this summer, and then met uh, she. I haven't met the oldest one, but then so we met them all, and they're all great. Like they, it was like really, really, so really cool. fun. What are and her parents? What did her parents think about it? They were very supportive. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was just like kind of a movie type thing. How did she end up getting connected with her mom initially? Yeah, so they wrote, it was a close to options, but they wrote letters back and forth through the agency. At, starting at what age? Like oh, when she was a kid? I mean, she would, no, she would write letters to her parents at some point in time, like when she was a kid. And then like in college, my wife got her information and they wrote some letters back and forth, but they would like redact stuff. And, um, but then like the agency closed down. So then later when my wife got pregnant with her first kid, our first kid, her first kid, um, she really wanted to know like health history and things like this. Mm -hmm. And so she tried to reach back out to the agency and they were able to give her health records, but they couldn't keep, for some reason couldn't do the communication thing. So then a few years later, she was like, I'm ready to meet. Um, found a private investigator that does this. They're called like angels or something. Mm -hmm. Angel mm -hmm. investigators. And I know somebody who does that. Gave her like the stuff that she knew. And she found her within like a day. That's so cool. And she was kind of gearing up like, this is going to take a long time. And the lady called her back and was like, all right. Wow. And so then they talked on the phone for a while. Then we met in person. Then it's just been this growing thing. But like, they come and stay at our house. It's amazing. It's great. That's so cool. Does she know who her dad is? She knows who he is. But I like on Facebook has seen like pictures and stuff, but doesn't really want to, doesn't feel the need to connect to them just because that the circumstances, yeah. The circumstances that she's like, I'm good. Like I've got need right here. So that's so cool. Well, thank you for sharing with me. Well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups, and it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod and give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye. Bye.